0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Motorsport Magazine,
0: for the very best of motor racing.
2: <laughs> sorry, I was, <laughs> sorry, I was just about to do my good morning Vietnam and I, I decided again.
3: <laughs> Did we take two on that.
2: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you happen to be in the world, and uh, welcome to the second Motorsport Audio Pod. We'll go again, yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world, and welcome to the second of our Motorsport Magazine. Audio podcasts. If you missed the first one, well, we're here to talk about anything really to do with motor racing and to say exactly what we think, which makes a refreshing change from most people who talk about motor racing. I'm Rob Widows, and with me today is our editor-in-chief, Nigel Roback, our editor Damien Smith, and Ed Fuster, who puts these podcasts together for us. So many thanks to him. Anyway, let's get underway. And we've had lots and lots of questions from you, the reader, which is good, because that's what we want. And uh, later in the program, we'll be answering as many of those questions as we can. But we're going to start, of course, uh, as you might expect, with the uh, terrible accident that uh, befell Felipe Massa in the Hungarian Grand Prix. Thankfully, it appears that he's going to be okay. But perhaps the biggest news that came out of that was the return of, yes, you might have guessed it, Michael Schumacher and I've just been away on a week's holiday on an island in the Ionian Sea and everybody is talking about Michael Schumacher, let me tell you. So, let's start uh, with Nigel Roebuck. Nigel, surprised?
0: Um, Yes, I was. I was simply because as as much as anything, because immediately after Massa's accident, as soon as speculation began about who would drive the other car, Fili Weber was absolutely emphatic that, w- you know, whatever else, it would not be Michael. Um, and normally, you know, certainly in the past, whatever Willie said, you could take us as, uh, as, as red with regard to Michael. So, yeah, from that point of view, I am. From, a, from another point of view, I'm not, because uh, uh, I, I think he's... Um, I haven't had the impression he's been sort of totally bored the last two and a half, three years, but at the same time, uh, we, you know, whenever he's driven a car, he's been, he's been immediately quick and the fact that he's riding superbikes and, and that sort of thing all the time he obviously still hasn't lost his sort of uh... you know desire to to go fast So, and it's irresistible the is his friend as well so it, it, you know in a way it all fits
2: Damien smith um, what was your reaction to the news
1: excitement i think the reason you know that, that michael schumacher whatever you think about him and there's, there's very good reasons to be cynical about the man and his his legacy he is a Incredible racing driver, and it's always fascinating to see someone come out of retirement and come back in. We had it with Nicky Lauda back in uh, '82, yeah. um, and uh, we had it with Mansell, of course, coming back with uh, first with Williams, uh, and then that debacle at McLaren. Um, this case is fascinating because Ferrari just coming into a nice uh, vein of form after the, the hungry result. Schumacher, despite being 40, still looks in pretty good shape, and probably not as good a shape as he used to be, obviously, because he's not doing the amount of training he used to. Uh, he's got that an injury from a motorbike accident as well from early in the year. But um, he'll be in reasonable shape. And it's just going to be fascinating to see how he gets on and also see what effect it has on Kimi Räikkönen. Um, and we expect the Finn to have you know, no uh, visible reaction because he doesn't have a visible reaction to anything. But um, I'm sure if, if Michael's a tenth up on him in Q2 in Valencia, um, it'll, uh, it'll suddenly affect him then.
2: Ed Foster, how about you? I mean, I've said before you are the youngest man on this crew, and uh, I mean, here's a 40-year-old, seven-times world champion coming back to Formula One. Would you rather see a, a new young star than a returnee?
3: And I, I, I think it's absolutely great. I mean, uh, I said to Damien when I first heard the news, I, I said this is the sort of best news we've we've had all year, and in, in, in Formula One, it's, it's the biggest news. And even me, I sort of grew up when he was, you know, winning all his championships and things like that. And he's absolutely amazing. I mean, you know. To have this much draw when you haven't been racing for three years, and, and to make this comeback, and, and as you were saying, you know, everyone, even in Greece talking about it. It's great, and you know what a what a PR stunt for the for the sport. It's uh, you know, One is certainly very good at creating PR for itself. Sometimes it's it's worse than it should be, but uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, just briefly, I thought if Schumacher was going to come back, he'd come back with Ross Braun next season. But we'll see what happens. Um, Nigel, we've had a question. Alistair Warren. Uh, I like this one. It's good. Alistair wants to know where is Michael Schumacher going to park his car during qualifying in Valencia?
0: Well, I think he probably isn't going to bug it anywhere in Valencia because I don't expect him to be sort of fairly comfortably on the pole with two minutes to go, um, which were the circumstances in Monte Carlo. It'll be interesting, actually, uh, to see if you know if Michael has taken on board. There appears to have been a sea change in the behaviour of the FIA stewards since he left, because with you know with relative impunity all those years you know Michael gave umpteen drivers the choice between backing off and going off the road and that sort of behavior seems not to sit terribly well with this generation of in my opinion rather nanny state stewards Uh, I think before you know they uh, they weren't tough enough there were certainly times with Santa and Schumacher when they should have taken serious action against them and they didn't they went completely unpunished now I think it's gone absurdly the other way and the tiniest little thing is punished so you know we'll see if Michael is still as um, uh, committed as he was and if he behaves the same way and if he does how it will, uh, how it will go down with the stewards I'm fascinated
3: he's uh, obviously got a lot of things going for him he is, one he is the most successful Formula One driver of all time but do you think it's too much for him to come back I mean you know he's been out of the sport for three years we've just seen Jensen Button do this triathlon and seeing the level of fitness that these guys are at, I mean, you know, he's only got a month to get up to fitness. I mean
0: yeah, he has, but I mean, I think uh, um, you know, I think there have been there have been occasions when one hasn't necessarily been convinced that his his teammate was, you know, in, in prime condition, um, and he's survived all right. So uh, I, I think Michael is, is, you know, has always has remained super fit the, the biggest thing is going to be the neck because quite often the, at the end of the winter break when they start testing again in january a lot of the drivers say the first night or two you know in the evening they have trouble you know moving their head very much so that's going to be his biggest problem but i think, you know knowing michael he'll 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 cope he'll get round it
2: let's move on then because um uh, we haven't got all the time in the world sadly but we're going to stay with formula one because there's so much going on i mean damien uh Uh, Nelson Piquet Jr, Sebastian Bourdais both dropped by their teams, BMW pulling out, Renault not taking part as as we gather or or as we expect in uh, Valencia, there's a lot going on isn't there? What was your view of Piquet and Bourdais being dropped?
1: No great surprise, everyone could see it was coming and um, it's it's harsh on drivers to get dropped mid-season. with Piquet's case, he had a, a clause in his contract where he had to score 40% of Alonso's points to keep the drive. He hadn't got anywhere near that. Um, he says there's reasons. You know, very outspoken stuff against Briatore, his manager, after all, um, which is quite refreshing actually to hear hear a driver be so so uh, so frank. Um, but the bottom line for me is that he just hasn't done enough to keep his drive. I don't think he's done enough. Um, there's been a lot of spins and incidents, and and he simply hasn't been quick enough. Um, so he's got a very good record in the junior stuff in the junior formulas you know, in GP2 he was Hamilton's biggest yeah. uh, rival he's clearly not a bad racing driver but he hasn't looked good in the Renault and I think it's best for all round to have a fresh start and because there's no testing this year uh, that's hurt him and it's also hurt who will replace him um, because if Ramon Grosjean comes in um, he'll have no running in the car at all yeah. same as Ghassari in, um, uh, in yeah. Hungary um, so the, the team almost have to use this end of the season to, 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 to try out a, a new talent, and um, it's almost like testing at the races.
2: Nigel, what about you? I mean, Bordet, Piquet, them just not quick enough?
0: I wouldn't put them both in the same boat. I, um, I think as far as Bordet is concerned, um, if you think back to Monza last year when Vettel won his first Grand Prix in the Toro Rosso in the rain, uh, and prom pole position. Bordet had qualified on the second row in the other Torre Rosso, and at the start, um, he, he couldn't take the start, I think his car wouldn't fire up or whatever. So his Italian Grand Prix was over before it began in terms of results. But I remember Gerhard Berger telling me later that, in fact, Bordet drove an almost identical race to Vettel, but nobody noticed. Um, And I remember at the end of last year, when we were having uh, lunch to discuss the season for a motorsport feature, and I was talking to Martin Brundle about it, and he just said, well, I think, you know, you cannot drop anybody who is capable of being as quick as Vettel in the same car on the same day. So I know the results haven't come this year.
4: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: Toro Rosso team has been a shadow this year of what it was last. But uh, I I think there's a fundamental quality in Bordei. I know he moans sometimes and and he is one of those drivers the car has to be absolutely right for him to give his best. But I think I, I could see more in Bordei than I ever could in PK. I mean I was I never really saw an awful lot in PK even before he came to, came to Formula 1, quite honestly. I remember in uh, GP2, when Hamilton annihilated him in Hungary, did a, f- a fantastic comeback drive, yeah. um, and you know Nelson's response was to have the car protested, to have lose his car because it wasn't conceivable that anybody could have beaten him. And I, I, I just have always had the impression of uh, of, of PK that he's he has the sort of trappings and behaviour of someone who's won the world championship five times, you know, five times before he has actually done anything to moan that he hasn't had the same equipment as alonso sometimes is absurd i mean neither did cover in in, um, in in germany for instance there are new bits for a car and only one lot they go to the fastest driver it's it's there's no, uh, no discussion there and it's always been the same so i think moaning is not probably the best thing he could have done
2: we ought to touch uh, briefly on bmw pulling out as from the start of next season Ed, um, does this kind of thing bother you much? I mean, there'll be another team, presumably. Yeah,
3: I mean it does because it's you know BMW is a big manufacturer with a, with a uh, you know very good history in motorsport. Um, I think after last year when they put all their efforts into this year's car and it didn't work out, I think the writing was slightly on the wall. Um, you know, they, this was their big big chance to you know make a real go of it and, it, and it didn't work out. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to Kubica and Heidfeld. I mean. I think Heidfeld's going to struggle to get into another top team, um, but there are, you know, next year there will be a lot of lot of other teams that will need a, you know, an experienced hand uh, guiding to where they go. But Kubica, I suggest, is going to be snapped up by a team pretty quickly. Um, Where he goes, I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting and it'll be good to see him back in a quick car. I mean, you know, this year he's, uh, you know, you, you don't hear anything about him. He's been struggling in the back of the grid doing nothing when he's... I I personally think he's one of the quickest drivers on the grid.
2: Okay, let's try and cover a few of our uh, questions from you. That's you out there, by the way. Our readers, our listeners. Um, Santiago Fernandez, hope I've got that one right. Diego Sanchez. uh, Alistair Warren, well, we've had one of yours, Alistair. Uh, Dan Ryan, all of you anyway. Valisk, whoever you are. Uh, Many of you are talking about the FIA, which... um, Actually, it uh, doesn't really excite me terribly much, but I know that uh, uh, Damien will have a view on this. I mean, nobody seems to want Jean Todd to be the president of the FIA. Everybody seems to want uh, to want Ari Vatanen to, to get the job. Um, what's your view, Arnold? On, on
1: well, uh, Ari said himself that if you want uh, change, then um, he's the man. Um, unfortunately, none of us have any influence on, on the running of the sport. It's down to... Members of the FIA and the ASNs of every country that, that vote um, for the president. So it doesn't really matter what we think, in a way, because it's it's down to what the, uh, those men in Paris think. But um, I think it's it's time for a change, isn't it? From from all the dramas we've had and the, the controversies we've had in the last few years, um, Mosley's legacy is always going to be sullied by the controversies, um, uh, not just the personal life stuff either. Um, and I guess Vatanen represents that. He represents a, a freshness, a fresh approach. Um, everything he said so far sounds encouraging. Um, but the problem he has is that the system favours the current president to um, have a successor that, that gets that gets in with this this twenty-two man cabinet system they have, where they have to name this cabinet, and that 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 every single person on that cabinet cannot be a member of the other cabinet for for a rival uh, nominee. So. Ari has to get together those 22 people and put forward a case between now and October, and it's going to be very, very difficult for him to break the stranglehold that Mosley stroke Todd has. Um, so, not exactly optimistic. No, nor I. Nor
0: I, I'm afraid. Um, and I think it's, in- it's interesting, actually, uh, Carlos Gracia, who is the chair, I think, the, the, um, the, the, the boss of the Spanish Federation. Um, came out with a quote that, that quote Max would be uh, even more mad if he were to back Jean tot and he then went on to say because we went, we all know where he came from and everything else. And I think the interesting thing is that that uh, you know if there's a team in the paddock that does not want to see Jean tot elected as FIA president as well, then none of them do. But but uh, m- more than most, Ferrari don't. Um, so uh, you know I think that's I think that's interesting. And I think there is just an impression that, that Tot has been um, groomed for a long, long time now to, uh, you know, to succeed Max as and when Max chose to, to stand down. Uh, and I think you know, there have been such massive changes of the FI over the course of the last 20 years in terms of how things are done and how people are elected and, and so on. And I I've thought Max's uh, uh, FI press release announcing he was standing down the second part of it, uh, in, in in fact, telling the F.I.M. member clubs, "Right, I'm going." So this is the guy you vote for. Now I thought that was absolutely shameful. You know, it still amazes me that he had the even Max. You know, had the had the crust to do that. And
1: Rob, the reason why we're you know um, we're wary of Tot is because of our own experiences with him. Nigel's written in the, in the current issue of the magazine about you know, the famous example Austria 2002 and the. Uh, the, the ordering Rubens Barrichello to give up the win to um, yeah. to Michael and the, uh, to the A one ring, um, and it's just it's Ch- Todd's reaction was just so um, cold. Clinical. Um,
2: Nasty.
0: It was it was it was a complete lack of understanding of why the crowd and the and the press were so angry.
2: I don't think he gives a damn about the crowd or. Oh.
0: But but that but the point is, uh, you know, this is accusation has been held at Max enough times that he actually. Doesn't give a damn about the sport. And, and in point of fact, I've always had the impression, of anything, he's always been rather bored by motor racing, frankly. But I think, I think Tot's actions have often given the impression that uh, sport, sport,
2: well, what's, yeah, what's yeah, that got to do with it?
0: We don't, we don't, we don't want that.
2: <laughs> no, no, uh, none, o- none of us um, who can uh, do joined up writing and can think for more than a minute at a time want Jean Todd to be the president of the FIM. I and mean, what's your view?
3: Yeah, and I think Harry uh, Vatner certainly would be a, a fresh start. Um, you know, it's the, the the problem is is that uh, you know it's this this sort of problem we have of some countries. They have every country has the same power whereas some countries where I have absolutely no history of motorsport and no motorsport in the country at the moment mm. have the same power as someone like France or the US or Britain, mm. and someone like that can you know can sway all the important votes. And I think if we got Vatner in, well, if he got in then a lot of that might change, and we could see because you know, I think I do believe he has the best interest of the sport at heart, and he's uh, you know, he 's a competitor and he 's been involved in it since he started rallying and uh, he loves it, which I think a lot more which is a lot more than Todd does i don 't think he loves the sport at all. There's an
1: interview coming up in the next issue uh, with ari uh, that adam cooper 's done for us um, at one of the grand Prix and um, adam 's impressions were very favorable It's interesting that uh, you know, uh, first impressions, he he has, does very well, does You know, um, so it'll be um, you know it'll be interesting to see if he can build any kind of momentum behind a campaign.
2: Very very briefly, my my view is that uh, the FIA is so much more than motor racing, so much more than Formula One, and we're coming into and are in some ways in the most difficult period for the car industry that perhaps we've ever faced. Um, so. Let's hope somebody runs the FIA who can, do, who can be helpful there as opposed to just the Formula One paddock.
0: I wouldn't uh, say the FIA has been terribly helpful at the Formula One paddock, Rob. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no,
2: no. I wouldn't die the Nigel, but I, I think there's, there's a much broader c- worry as far as I'm concerned over the FIA than just, just F1. But anyway... Um, uh, we uh it's time to stop which which seems a shame and uh b- but before we go, perhaps I should just say to all of you out there that if uh, you have any views on how long all of us should be talking for on these podcasts, perhaps you'd let us know because uh, we're quite happy to sit here for a while longer and talk about motor racing i mean I think all of us that's you out there and us we can we can talk about motor racing um, for as long as you like um it's all we talk about most of the time i think um and certainly um, Nigel Roback has some outspoken views so that's always good to hear as far as I'm concerned um, but when we see you next uh, will be the Tuesday the 1st of September so that's approximately uh, a month's time we will have had plenty of racing by then and probably plenty of other shenanigans as well so there'll be lots to talk about hope you can join us on the 1st of September uh, do send us in your questions we, we Won't have time to answer them all, but we definitely want to see them. So um it's goodbye from us until then. Thanks very much for joining us. If if you do have questions, just log on to motorsportmagazine.co.uk and uh see you in September.
0: Motorsport magazine
2: for the very best of motor racing.